Welcome to Shine Central Coast. I'm Chris Goetz. I'm Sue Bradley and we also have Sil Marie behind the camera. We can't wait to introduce you to our incredible shiners. Each episode we share a story of a unique individual on the Central Coast. We dive into how they got to the coast and how they bring more beauty into our incredible community. So I hope you enjoy this episode of Shine Central Coast. Lean back and see you soon. Hi everyone, welcome back to Shine Central Coast. I'm very humbled and privileged to have Bianca Elmia on our podcast today and I'm so excited to share your story because I've read um, your bio and it's extremely intriguing and I want to know more about who you are, how you've become the woman you are today and your influence with other women, um, youth, um, your boxing career, um, also in a published novel, a documentary called Bam Bam, the documentary. Yep. Um, Australian three three times champion, boxing champion in Australia, Oceana. Um, she's also got a, a Muslim heritage and that's been explored through the novel. What's the novel called? Uh, Growing Up Muslim in Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also the documentary. So I'm very intrigued. Where do we start with yes. Bianca? Uh, and Binky, I'm, you're I, known as Binky and Bam Bam, so yes. I, should we start with the nickname and where that came yeah. from? Yeah. Well, I've got a few names. Um, Binky. <laughs> the polite names. Yeah, yeah the polite names. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, got, I've also got a name that I use out when I'm out in the clubs, but I won't entertain that now. I um, but, but, yeah, so... Bam Bam is my fight name that was given to me by my kickboxing oh, coach. Is like the... Yeah, from the Flintstones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and then Binky, I was I had when I was in grade nine, and it's just stuck with me forever. And it's it's a bit, a bit childish, but like, nah, my playful. Yeah, 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 my playful side. But let's still. So you're a, you're an incredible boxer, and you've got quite a lot of um, awards. Well, I don't think you call them awards in the boxing world, do you? Yeah, about like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And through that, you're a real ambassador in our youth, youth off the street, young kids who are mm. sort of, you know, the ones that are left behind that, you know, and they, you're amongst them, you know, and giving them another chance. And I want to hear the story first about your boxing career and how did you get into that? What, what was the avenue? Yeah, so I never had I don't I don't really have a neat kind of storyline going into boxing where or just maybe the cliched story of having people in my family or growing up around boxes I, I knew nothing about it I knew nothing about the fighting world at all and it was just by luck that I found a kickboxing gym I was about 18 years old and I just got really excited and moved by the the, the movement patterns and the skill and the you know, putting things together and finding my body doing these really amazing things that I was just fascinated mm. by. And um, and I had a lot of energy growing up as a kid and w can relate to the kids that I talk to now, you know, because I was really quite um, – probably just felt disempowered in my life, felt really agitated about life events. And so boxing or kickboxing at the time gave me a pathway and it gave me purpose mm. and it gave me a sense of control in my body that I had never had before. And something that I owned, no one could take that away from me. Mm. And then through just training a whole lot, I had the belief or I created a belief that I could maybe take this a bit more seriously than just something that I did casually on the side. 
And then I won my first kickboxing title and then moved over to boxing and then won a series of boxing titles and, yeah, and an Oceania title and have competed all over the world and have turned professional and won my Australian title as well in my third fight. So it's just been a whole bundle of different experiences. Yeah, probably was it a trajectory that you expected when you first no. 18 to see yourself now as, you know, a, a champion, a world champion, mm. an Australian champion. Mm. Yeah. I just never, like at that age as well, um, and I had so many different challenges at that time of my life, there's just no way in the world that I would have thought mm. that I could ever be anything really because well, like it's just, it's a real man's well it's boxing oh, yeah. a real man's world too to have female but also like i never you know i wasn't like a kid that watched the olympics or watched athletes on tv and like wow one day that's gonna be me i didn't really care <laughs> for them actually and i just thought they were really boring like when i heard athletes talk on the tv i just thought oh, get, i just thought they had no personality and <laughs> Really drawn out, like mm. you know, composed statements that they'd give to the press, and I just—it didn't. I wasn't an inspired young person. But when I tell this story, I always just say that it's through discipline and doing it that I it fed into the idea that I wanted to do it. Like when you become good at something, that itself feeds a habit. Mm. So I was privileged enough to be able to do something, you know, and and do it to a point where I was passionate about it. Like, I'm just lucky that I found that. And then, of course, I'm very competitive and then I become very obsessive compulsive about something that I love. Yeah, yeah. With anything. Yeah. So I'm just, yeah. Well, you have to be, I think, you have to be very determined and committed mm. to get to the point of where you are. But you've also got this role to play at that level as well and that's what you've taken up in, as an ambassador mm. for the youth and women. Um, but you must have had some really good coaches through the beginning days as well. So who's someone that stood out in your life that's really made a difference? Oh, that would have been Gary Hamilton, who's my boxing coach, and, you know, like he's my home coach. I've, I've left Canberra, but he's just someone that is always going to be, you know, like soul level always just will be my coach. And he's someone that's mentored me through everything. It's what it is to be a good person is more important than anything else, and that's what he modelled for me, you know, he's cheeky and he's really like <laughs> incredibly irritable, but he's just such a great guy and I learnt you know, through him he mentored me and like and with you know, as a young person you don't want to be directly mentored. Like he just did it by just being treating me with so much yeah, love. Yeah. And and yeah, without him I just don't think I probably would have carried on like its personality. I just really got along with him. So how do you what what mindset preparation would you go through before a fight when you you know that it's a real something that you're up against and it's going to be quite a challenge how do you mentally prepare or physically prepare yourself I think it's just you know you build it up build it up you go into a camp and when I was younger you know it was like it was very much uh, like I'd go into this innate like it was I was emotional about like angry like aggressive all or nothing like everything is applied to that Whereas now I'm probably a bit more professional, just, uh, you know, I've got structure and I have people around me that can support me and I need to do this on this day and that on that day, um, which is everyone needs a team kind of like you cannot do it on your own. Yeah. Um, but you just have to completely 
live and breathe it. Like every time I'm not training, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about moves. I'm thinking about how I can apply a different technique. I'm shadow boxing in my head. I'm at Woolworths waiting to get out the line. I'm like, I'm shadow boxing. I've got every moment that I can, you know, like I'm not drifting off into thought. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about strategy. And yeah, I think that's where my like inner crazy comes mm-hmm. in because I can be that applied if I want to. Mm-hmm. Can become very focused no, if I, I mean, want something. I suppose because you're training a lot, like every yeah. day. And I suppose that's you're just wired. It's a yeah. continual. But there's something really beautiful about that, like. It, like I, I think there's something really beautiful in being absolute about something. You know, there's no kind of grey area in that. And like I think in day to day life, you come in and out of different roles that you play in your life, and you know you've got this responsibility and that responsibility. But it's really nice to be all or nothing in one thing. You know, there's no I don't have to second guess anything. I apply myself at, for this next, you know, twelve weeks or whatever. I am the box. I am training to be a champion. And I don't have to make any excuses, and it gives me permission to be yeah. just single-minded. And that's, I don't. There's, there's something nice about that. Yeah. Well, you know who you are. Yeah. You know who you are right now. Yeah. And what your goal and what you're committed to. There's something great about that purpose. It's just a direct. It's just an absolute purpose, mm-hmm. and I don't have to put myself across so many areas and get exhausted like which is my day-to-day living is like oh I've got so many hats on I have to wear and just and I don't have to do any of that and that's what it is to be completely passionate about something and passion is something that I hold on to like it's what drives me is to be passionate about something. So how do you share that passion with community you do um, on weekends you help women women only boxing and that's just not professional that's just a sort of a training situation or is it for professional yes so all women's boxing clinics and that's just your you know it's your mother colleague it's like just any any person from the street and that's just and everyone has their own challenges and their own goals you know like if that's doing 10 push-ups or getting into their first fight i just love being able to maybe get, support someone else's passion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what coaching or mentoring is. Yeah, it's yeah. like not, you know, you're not imposing my goal or my lifestyle on someone but just helping whatever it is that they're wanting to do. I love being able to facilitate that. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's the same thing with mentoring young people. Mm-hmm. It's just finding where they're at and then trying to empower them or just walk alongside their goal with mm-hmm. them. Yeah, there's a program too, was it Top Blokes mm. that you're involved here on the Central Coast? Yep. Yeah. Elaborate a bit more. Yeah, so Top Blokes um, Association, we go into schools and we mentor only boys mm-hmm. and we give them the skills to be more social and uh, socially and emotionally resilient. So we're talking to them about uh, healthy relationships, anger management, risk taking, peer pressure, drugs and alcohol abuse. Um, and basically, I just had to be more caring to themselves and yeah. other people. Had to be more yeah. sensitive. I sort of like life skills in a way that we're not yeah. taught really, unless no. you've got parents that are quite grounded. But not everyone has two parents or grounded parents. Mm. So many mixes of variations. Or even parents that can give the time mm. that it takes. And you know, and I think it's good having mentors come in as well. And we're not teachers, so they don't see our faces every day. Mm. Um, and there's two of us in a room, and we, you know, we've got a room of. You know, 10, 15 boys, 
and we're talking to them that they would otherwise never have the opportunity mm. to talk to. You know, we talk about the risk of pornography and yeah. sexuality, and and it's great. And it's again, I like I'm, I'm talking to young people and trying to you know trying to positively influence them in some way, and I'll just have positive conversations mm. or challenge them as well. I'll challenge them to be better people, like mm. challenge them to have a critical mind, think yeah. about what they're doing. Yeah, well, you're a great role model for that. And what are you seeing in our youth today that's that's sort of a real challenge for our future? You know, what are the challenges and things that they're experiencing that's, you know, our youth are growing to be adults and then yeah. the next generation. So what's the biggest thing that you're seeing that's impacting kids today? There is a quite a lot of layers to this. You know, um, people... I, People's emotional resilience is something that is probably the biggest mm. challenge. So being able, and I, I'm not saying that it's so multidimensional. Like some people say, well, are children just not as strong as they used to be? But I, I don't think it's that. I just mm. think that there are just so many things coming at young people now to try to multitask a whole series of different pressures mm. that they have in their life. And, yeah, the absence of parenting or just that they don't have the time. Yeah. Um, and a lot of kids are kind of left on their own to try and navigate a really yeah. complex life. Or they're relying on their peers to teach them. Yeah, or like Instagram influences or like that's just so gross. Like that. like it's just the pressures of having to objectify themselves as well and all these like photos and trying to just, you know, be a, be the cool cat in their, in their group and document absolutely everything that's going on. Like I struggle with it myself, you know, and trying to, that play a part in this social media mm. fake world like I find it really gross yeah, yeah. dirty <laughs> sometimes <laughs> like what am I even documenting yeah. you know what's and my what identity for, what is yeah what's yeah it's always like the why 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 yeah and how to be authentic in yeah. a really superficial yeah. world yeah. and who is you know setting the tone and you're right a lot of people are leaning on maybe people that don't you know, uphold all these like value systems that what what it is to be a good person. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, it's it's hard for them. So I mean, we're we're trying to everyone. You know, it's a community response. Mm. Everyone needs to play their role. Yeah, totally. I think you know, at the moment, we're not really got that community bringing kids up together. It's, yeah, it's very disjointed. You know, and whether we outsource our children's education and growth. Mm. But, you know, in a, in a traditional sense, we'd have our aunties, we'd have family yes. living together, we would have our neighbours looking at, we would have, you know, that whole yes. community. We don't. So no, we, we don't. don't. And we don't have that because of the pressures of what it is to live in a mm. modern world, which is mostly like just work yourself and you put yourself in a grave. Mm. Sorry, I'm really negative. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry about that. But it's survival. <laughs> We're all just surviving, which it shouldn't surviving. be. We should be living, not surviving. I know. I was just talking to a friends this morning about that. Um I blame capitalism, mm. so <laughs> neoliberalism that is just GDP. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, being yeah, that's right. And you know, when you commodify everything, then mm. everything has a dollar sign on it, and everyone's time is is allocated to work. And so you then try and create. You know, children are so you know malleable. They need they need mentoring. They need to be steered in directions. But in the absence yeah. of positive figures in a community then they're left to fend for themselves yeah. or they spend eight hours a day on some kind of device which is on average which is what kids when we calculate it right. we go we've got an online workshop with it's um online space is our workshop mm. we calculate on average like some of the schools we go to when we when they, from when they wake up to the time that they go to sleep it's like eight hours a day 
they're spending. And that's with headphones just constantly. Even when they're in the class, they got headphones. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know how teachers are finding it because they're slowly just allowing them in. Because if they don't, they just, the kids just. They have panic attacks. They have panic attacks or they go off their behavior. Yeah. I know. But then it's like the parents themselves on them. Yeah. As well. So. I know. <laughs> but what do you see with um with your work through the youth? Um, what's something that stands out that is really beneficial? Like some really cool stories that you're seeing kids really coming out doing some great stuff. Well, I mean, yesterday actually I went and spoke to a primary school, and they're only in like year six, so I don't know how old a kid is then. What, ten, eleven? Mm, yeah. And we spoke about mental health, and I just said, okay, um. Who here in the room has been either directly affected by it or has family or friends? And half the half the class put their hand up, and they were able to articulate though, like that level of maturity. I found really, um, really great to see that they themselves could had the vocabulary to articulate. Okay, this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, four of them had ADHD. Um, you know, uh, one of the boys was talking about his dad having bipolar. Another kid's um, uncle had schizophrenia. And I guess as much as it, as it is confronting, they were able to share quite vulnerable stories. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, well, that's great. Like a bit of that stigma has been removed that they can even be open enough. Yeah, you know, they're with their peers. Yeah. yeah. In front of their peers. You know, yeah. And one of the boys did get quite emotional, but the other guy was cons- consoling him as well. And I was like, oh, well, this is so great. Like, yeah. So that's a positive story in that, that, you know, if we can create dialogue at that age, then, you mm. know, that's, that's space to grow and mm. help yeah. kids rather than have them suffer in silence. Yeah. I think it's encouraging people of all ages to, it's okay to be vulnerable. Yes. It's okay to ask for help. Yes. Just, yeah. Um, and just having young boys open up in time and talk about things that are really hard for them to talk about. Mm. And, you know, we're very frank when we talk about the suicide rates in our community mm. and what we have to do to be well. How, how do you check in? How do you check in with your mate? How are you a good friend to them? Yeah, so, you know, all those conversations are really great. And if we can just keep having them, yeah. if parents can keep having them. So we have one moment, we have an hour a week with them. That needs to just extend on. And then, you know, I think slowly we can have cultural change. Mm-hmm. Totally, I think so. And I think I'm, we're seeing that cultural change because I think it's not getting any better, the health of no. us. It's not getting better. So I think we need to address that, you know, open up and have conversations. Mm. And there are these people that can help, you know. Yeah. Not normalise it. Yeah. I think it's becoming a norm that people are unhealthy. Oh, my God, Yes. And it's, that's not the way to go, but it's about opening up to other people and, mm. and then you can get help or Yeah, the support. first point of yeah. call is to just acknowledge it. Mm. So if we've got more people acknowledging it, then, then we can deal with it. So that's yeah. that's positive. Yeah. And you do all that work here on the Central Coast? Yeah, so um, I work, yeah, in the peninsula and then we, we go up all the way up to Newcastle actually. Um, and we've got a couple of sessions in Sydney and, yeah, we just go to – Selected high schools and a couple of primary schools. Yeah. Yeah. And you do some women um, tra- um, workshops here as well? Well, tra- at the moment we haven't. I did do some workshops with the PCYC and that was really yeah. positive. So just being able to provide a service for women because, you know, yeah. Toplex only deals with, with boys. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm just trying to clone another um, version of me. <laughs> 
to then export it to do all yeah. the thousands of things that I am hoping to achieve. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm an no. overachiever and then I just die from ex- exhaustion. Well, how do you, this leads me to another question, how do you look after yourself? Like, oh. you know, because you're in a world that a lot of us don't even are exposed to and that mm. would drain a lot of energy. Yes. Maybe it would, is your boxing your avenue for you? It used to be, but now because it's so serious, it's, you mm. know, it's just another added pressure. Yeah. It used to be my outlet where yeah. I was like, okay, I can just Go fill ahead. my day with so much and then I've just got this outlet and it was so great and positive mm. and fun. Yeah. So competitive now. Mm. There's a lot of pressure on me. Um, so that is probably a learning space. It's a growing space I have, how to refill my cup. And when you're in an area of community work mm. where it's all – Outward, everything's and people outward. are taking from you as Constant. well. Yeah, and I have to be emotionally, you know, aware. I have to just be on the ball. I just can't afford, you know, I'm not punching data into a computer. Although, oh, God damn, I wish I like just had a computer, some kind of like, <laughs> or I was just a, yeah, like some kind of data entry person. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> You'd be there for five minutes. You'd be yeah, like, I'm ah. so bored. <laughs> oh. But then, yeah, sometimes I just want the, I just want something that is a bit more simple, but. In the absence of that, and, yeah, I would just die anyway from boredom, mm-hmm. um, I just am trying to find when I know I'm in that tilting space where I'm, like, about to fall yeah, over because yeah. I think I – those it's just recognising those warning signs. Mm-hmm. So you've got me on where I've tilted. <laughs> so <laughs> You're real today. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you better refill yeah, that cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, but having support networks mm. around me in my life is probably the thing that keeps me afloat. So just knowing when I lean on people or they just even like having encouraging messages when I'm feeling emotionally exhausted lifts me mm. and then just having time out. What's your fun thing? Something that's not boxing, not Yeah, well, it's dancing, like, you know, you saw yes, that. Yeah. So I just don't have it anymore because mm. COVID has ripped it away from me. So like your own dance party. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I've been, I was dancing last night whilst cooking. But I just need, I need, a, yeah, like, yeah. it's a performance thing yeah. for me, you know, like I need a, I need an audience mm-hmm. and I need really loud music and yeah. I just, need, yeah, I need a stage. That's where I was, <laughs> where I need to, that's where it's at. Anyone, we need a stage. Yeah, I need to dance. And I will, like, I, you know, if I wasn't a boxer, I 100% would have been a dancer and I do yeah. not get afraid of performing in front of people. The more, the more people, the better. The better. Yeah. I've got to ask, I've got to ask this. I'm going back to boxing. Yeah. What's your... Because I can imagine being in a ring with someone else who wants to hurt me. Mm. What's the worst, like worst situation you've been in in a in a tournament or any kind of training uh, situation, like injury wise or for me or the other person? Well, let's go. Uh, <laughs> well, I broke, I broke my leg in a fight. That was pretty horrible. Did you keep going? Uh, yeah, and I kept going because it was the I think it's the fibula, the one that's on the side. But yeah, she cracked that on the first round. Like I checked it wrong and then we just but it's bad luck mm-hmm. and then I yeah then I fought four rounds with a broken leg but also didn't know that it was broke so every round I was going back to my coach saying my leg and then he was like don't worry don't about your leg except we'll talk about that later focus on the fire and then he was mm-hmm. just icing and then so I was just using my hands mm-hmm. and I finished the fight and then um yeah, and then just kept walking around on it mm. for a few days, yes, and then the sport started just did that that clicking sound. Yeah, it was a broken leg. Yeah, and then I ended up travelling to Papua New Guinea with this broken leg. Anyway, that's another story. That's that was probably the worst thing that's happened to me. Yeah. And then, um, and then knocked a girl out. Um, she wasn't completely cold, but had to be 
picked up by her, mm. by the ref and the coach. And sort of, yeah. How was that for you? You know, knowing that you've done that, to, or is that just part of the? That's just part of it. It felt it's great the, when it happened. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, you just because that's what you're trying to do. Like you're trying yeah. to knock them out. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what round was that in? Uh, I think that was in the maybe third round. Okay. Yeah, but then I felt bad and mm. yeah of course yeah as soon as the adrenaline ki- wore off i just thought oh god uh, yeah just mm. i'll mm. hope that she was okay yeah 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 are you friends with any of your um competitors oh yeah i'm friends with most of them yeah it's the different way- like for chicks they don't have a lot of bravado there's one girl that's just formidably like just just a biatch yeah okay. um but yeah she takes herself serious but apart from that yeah, I get along with all of them. Mm-hmm. Girls don't really have that stuff. Guys, maybe. Because it probably is it a big sort of group of you? Because I know yeah, it's quite a male thing, small. so it'd be quite a. How do the men support the women boxing? Yeah, men. I've got so much support from men. Not so much from promoters. Promoters have old-fashioned views because they're just a lot of them are just old men. Mm. Okay. Um. So I don't know. They haven't evolved or something. <laughs> Smaller brains. Yeah. I don't know it <laughs> might be a combination of yeah, these. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that sometimes that's a difficulty in getting the same opportunities as men to be on shows. Like I have been fighting for titles and haven't been the main card. They've still got a bloke up as mm, the main mm. card, even though he's like fighting a non-event, mm. like it's a non-event fight. Yeah. Um, but I have just surrounded myself with good men that support me. Mm-hmm. And then I just, and then you just have to have the fight of trying to find sponsorship, and people will give you a chance. And so you know, it's it's a hard gig for a mm-hmm. female boxer. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you now, it's really tough. I know that there's a lot of like momentum for female group sports, and that's great. You know, they're getting lots of funding and support and recognition, and you know, they're they're on the stage mm-hmm. of like of being acknowledged. You know, as a as an athlete and. Uh, still, female boxing is just still like a hundred years behind. Mm. <laughs> it's <like> frustrating. <laughs> so, being as a woman, a woman in boxing, what's yeah, you probably might have approached it a bit. But what is the challenge? What is the biggest challenge for you? Getting well? opportunity to fight and acknowledgement mm. is the biggest. And when we do have fights, to be acknowledged and spoken about and put in the media and having. Uh, um, commentators comment you know commentate on good shows and have us on tv events and just be recognized as the athletes that we are that's our biggest mm-hmm. barrier mm. i wanted to also ask you about your heritage your muslim heritage because you've your book is titled apologies that i can't remember um, growing up muslim in australia yeah. yeah so when did you come over to australia and what was the influence for your travel um, were you born here in Australia? I know I was actually born in Saudi Arabia, but my mum's born in Australia. So my grandparents immigrated to Australia in 1951. So I'm third generation Muslim, mm-hmm. Lebanese Muslim. Um, so yeah, my my grandfather has you know immigrated to Australia just to make a life for himself and his family um and yeah we still have a strong connection to faith like for me mm-hmm. that's a really important thing it's a i have a spiritual connection that's really yeah. important to me how do you find there's a good community up here on the central coast or it's not really that actually, way yeah actually was i'm looking at that this morning because there's a wine islamic center mm-hmm. um and 
I was looking into that because it's one thing that I'm really missing and I would love to connect to just a progressive, inclusive Muslim community and I don't think, I mean, I haven't even met one Muslim mafia, but, I mean, most people don't even assume I'm Muslim, so they're they're around. It's just not evident to me yet. Just haven't had a chance. So that hasn't affected you in any way with your career or being a woman or being a Muslim? Has anything affected you in any way? Oh, I mean, I would be lying to say that racism doesn't exist towards Muslims Mm. in Australia. Um, yeah, I've received racist comments and, um, you know, it's topical, it's constantly topical. Would that be through media or through media? Media, yeah, lots of media and just other, yeah, just other people as well who, um, you know, through social media and whatnot. But, you know, overwhelmingly positive mm. and, you know, I wear, I wear my faith proudly and, uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's a privilege not to be attacked for maybe wearing a headscarf so I, I know I don't have to deal with those issues um but there is a lot of negative media attention attention towards Muslims and so that's why I make a point of being proudly Muslim and trying to push back that pendulum that has swung so heavily yeah, towards yeah. Muslims and what do you way. love about your faith what's something that you really love about it I love, love having a spiritual connection to God that gives me purpose and it gives me grounding and I don't know where I'd be without that and it's something outside of myself and outside of the chaos of life and all of the noise and all the things that we consider to be important, which is often not, Mm. and it's one that's a reminder of kind of the essence of who I am and it's a constant or it's a daily reminder and it's beautiful. Thank you. Well, Well, let's, one more question. Yeah. Um, Let's bring us back to Central Coast. Mm -hmm. What does the Central Coast mean to you? That's a really beautiful question. What the Central Coast means to me is just to be in nature, which is what God is to me. And it's a reminder of how beautiful our world is and what, it can be, you know, what the rest of the world can be and it's a little pocket of heaven really and it's so nice to be in that and be around really beautiful people as well and there's, there isn't a superficial edge yet that I've seen. There's a couple of cafes that maybe I see some hipster culture yeah. seeping in but I try to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, you just got really authentic people who are just so supportive in the community. I love it. Favorite place? I'm gonna get one more in. Um, favorite place would be probably off Boyway Road. There's those little kind of uh, parks, just hidden parks that yeah, I've yeah. gone on the trails, and I've got one near my house. And there's no, I've not seen one person there. I saw a dog once, must have been <laughs> run away from Zona. But that doesn't that include. Just, that's not a person. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> it was a friendly dog. But yeah, it's just being completely immersed in nature. I think that's where I find my spirituality. Oh my gosh, thank you for listening to this. I've just, I hope you've all got the same that I've had out of this conversation. I really thank you for jumping on Shine and being welcomed as a shiner. And thanks for for being on the Central Coast and sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me.